Welcome to Leading Simple with Rusty George. Our goal is to make following Jesus and leading others a bit more simple. Here's your host, Rusty George. Hey, welcome to Leading Simple. My name is Rusty George. Thanks for joining us today. Let me ask you a question. Did the great resignation take a toll on your team? Data is telling us that 50% of people either already have or will be leaving their jobs for another one in the next 12 months. Why is that? Well, they're looking for a workplace where they can be engaged and growing every day. Well, today we get to have a conversation with Holly Tate, who works with Leader, L-E-A-D-R, and they have developed a software to help you engage and grow every person on your team. And Leader is basically saying goodbye to the great resignation and asking you to join them in the great resolution which is making the care and development of your people your number one priority in 2022. I know you're going to get a lot out of this conversation. We are so impressed with Leader and with Holly that we are bought in to Leader and using it here with our teams at Real Life Church. So I'm thankful that they are partnering with us for this month in sponsoring the podcast, but we're even more grateful that we get to partner with them in blessing and improving our teams. So make sure you check out Leader and make sure that you listen to this conversation with Holly Tate. Here we go. Holly, thank you so much for joining us on Leading Simple. For our guests that don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thanks for having me. It is so fun to be here in person in beautiful California. Yes, it's a beautiful day. But my story, I was born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, um, okay. had a Yeah, had a short stint in New York City for college. Went to a school called the King's College there. Yes, I'm familiar with that college. Went to school in the Empire State Building. That's a fun fact that not many people get to say. Wow. Yeah. That's different than my college education in Joplin, Missouri. So <laughs> yeah, very different. Bit different. My grandpa was from Joplin, though. Um, really? Yeah. He. Uh, there's a roll-throwing restaurant near Joplin. Lambert's? You know what I'm Lambert's. Yes. I have distinct memories of <laughs> trying to catch those rolls as a kid. Anyway, yes. is that still there? It is still there. Okay. Well, that was a big rabbit trail. Anyways, yeah. Um, yeah, the King's College. And then after that, I moved to Dallas for my first job out of out of college. And I was selling national radio advertising. And one of those cold calls, I was doing cold calls for a year, okay. trying to... Um, convince people that they should spend money on radio advertising. Okay. And one of those calls I made was to a man named William Vanderblumen. And you know that name. Yes, I do. He's been a guest on the show. Yeah. And so um, he had just started really the first executive search firm for churches. Mm. And so I, of course, thought that he was going to buy all of my radio advertising, but instead he offered me a job. And so <laughs> I moved to Houston and that was... Um, goodness, that was in 2012, so about 10 years ago. Mm, okay. And I was with him, helped build Vanderblumen um, for almost nine years. Okay. Um, in 2020, like a lot of people, it was my own journey. Of, I realized I could rattle off Vanderblumen's values and mission statement and was really had a lot of my identity wrapped up in what I was doing there because I loved mm. it, loved mm -hmm. it. Um, but I thought, man, I really got to figure out what is Holly Tate's mission and vision and values. Oh, that's so good. And so I joined a coaching group and through that journey, decided to start my own company doing marketing consulting. Okay. And um, so I launched that in November of 2020. Okay. And one of my clients was a company called Leader, L-E-A-D-R. Yes. And um, I did a ton of workshops and helped several different organizations mm -hmm. with marketing and over those three months until Leader 
um, offered me the opportunity to join full time. And wow. that was kind of, a, I mean, not kind of, it was a crossroads for me. Um, and to decide, okay, am I going to go all in with my company or am I going to go all in with leader? And right. I'm that passionate about our mission that I decided to pause my company to join leader full time. And that was mm. literally like almost to the day about a year ago. Wow. So yeah, here I am. Okay. So here on this podcast, we've had a lot of guests talk about them leaving kind of a corporate life or a large church and going out on their own. Yeah. You left a very successful organization at Vanderbloom to go out on your own. And then you went back to an organization, a different <laughs> yeah. organization. So the question I love to ask is, how did you know it was the right time to move both mm. times? You know, what everybody wants to know, what's God's will for my life, meaning where should I work or who should I marry? But I want to know how you knew that was the right step to make. I wish I had a really clean and easy answer to this. Um, it took me a long time through that coaching network. I mean, that's really one of the reasons that I joined was to really figure out how do I know if it's time? Because I could have stayed at Vanderblumen for eight more years. Yeah. I mean, uh, but... But yeah, it was, is this going to be the next eight years or am I going to do something else? And mm -hmm. so um, I really wrestled with the Lord. I mean, lots of 2 a.m. wake up where, you know, literally my body just like hot because I'm waking up thinking about this big decision that I felt like I had to make. Yeah. Um, for me, Rusty, a pivotal book in my life was Mark Batterson's In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day. Yeah. I was, it was given to me for high school graduation and I read it freshman year. I, and I, it was so transformational for me that I actually went and worked at Ebenezer's coffee shop my oh, yes. summer after my freshman year of college. I grew up in a theology that was very much like you sit and wait until you have that burning bush moment. Uh -huh. And for me, um, Mark's book was so pivotal because it was like, he has already called us. He's been very clear about what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to go and make disciples of all nations. Yeah. And I think a lot of times as believers, we live our life in fear hmm. rather than going, wait a second. Like if God is the God of the universe, he's already gone before me. Mm -hmm. um, and so I say all of that, but up until this point of deciding whether I wanted to start my own company or not, uh, the decisions had been so clear. It mm -hmm. was like, this is the best decision. So obviously it was a big decision to move from Nashville, Tennessee to at 18 years old to go yeah. to New York City. It was a big deal. You know, my parents probably had a heart attack. And then for me to say, hey, you know, parents, I'm going to leave New York now and go to Dallas by myself where I didn't know anybody. Mm. Um, all of those were big decisions, but they were so clear. Mm -hmm. I think what was so hard about it was I had two great decisions in front of me. I had the decision to stay at Vanderbilt or to start my own company. Mm. Those were both great decisions. Yeah, that's true. I had the decision, and then when I decided to start my own company, I had the decision to keep doing that. I was, I mean, I was overloaded with opportunity. Mm. I said yes to everything, mm. um, but, or to join Leader Full Time. And those were both good, like neither of those decisions were bad. Mm -hmm. So really what it was for me, um, it was a, a conversation I had with Jenny Katrin. I don't know if you know Jenny. She uh, was an executive director and executive pastor for many years yep. and now she's runs She's been a guest own. on the show as well. Perfect. Yeah, Jenny she's wonderful. Jenny is the best. I had a conversation with her about it. Uh, I remember exactly where I was in Dallas at a hotel, and she said, Holly, here's the deal. If you keep running your own company, you're going to learn a ton, but you're really going to be surrounded by your peers. And if you join Leader, you're going to be sitting at the table and learning from people who have been so far ahead of you that you're going to be challenged in ways that you never, ever would otherwise. Mm. And you can always go back to running your own company. 
Right. That conversation was the deal breaker for me because there was already mission alignment. Like our mission at Leader is to develop 1 million leaders. That's what I've been working on for about 10 years, you know? Wow, I love that. Really clear goal. Really clear and audacious yes. <laughs> goal. Um, and so, yeah, it was clear mission alignment. I knew that I would be surrounded by people that I respect and challenged. Mm. And then the difference that I could make was was very clear and very inspiring. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a matter of me deciding did I how much did I want to be challenged. And so I took the leap and uh, decided to mm. uh, join the team. So I know that was... Yeah, I wish it was clear, no, but it's messy. That. These these things are are messy when I we're. I think that's so helpful Lord. for people to know that it's not always a burning bush. It's not no. always a, you know, you have one option. You know, it's uh, it's difficult, and sometimes the choices are really good. Yeah, uh, and I think people often think the will of God is like a balance beam. You know, you have to stay on, and a lot of times it's just a corral you get to live within. You oh, know, that's and there's so, so true. great decisions within it. God knows you're going to love God and love people, whatever you do, and He blesses you either way, and. What a really good encouragement for our people. So I want to talk about leader because yeah. obviously you're passionate about it. And boy, to, to train a, a, or to develop a million leaders, that's great. So I, I want to know, how do you define leadership development? I mean, what does that look like? What What's a leader look like that's developed and you can go, there's one yep. on our way to a million. Okay? <laughs> exactly. Is it just original engagement? Or uh, I've often heard that leadership is getting things done through people. Mm. How would you define leadership and how do you develop it? For me, leadership is is stewarding the influence that God has given us. So whether that's mm. in the corporate world, whether that's in a ministry setting or in a church setting, that's how I look at it. And I think that's so important really because good. it doesn't mean how many people we're leading. I, I hear all the time people say, I was just talking to an uh, executive pastor. Um, well, I guess his title's like church administrator. Anyway, he's on the executive team. And he said, I'm not a leader. I don't have a team. And I said, whoa, yeah. Brad, hold on. Right. You are a leader because look at your sphere of influence of mm. all of the people that are in your care because of your responsibility mm. on this team. Right. And so it's not about the number of people that we're leading um, it's really about the influence it's, and how we're stewarding that um, right. in front of us. And so that's how I I really look at leadership. That's such a great definition. I love that because it does not matter if you're a church of 100 people, 10,000 people, a family of four, uh, uh, yeah. you know, a, a teacher of a class of 30, whatever it is, you have some sphere of influence. So what does leader do to help them? Yes. So one of the pain points that we found was exactly the question you asked. This leadership development is something that... Hmm. We all think is important. Everyone, if you ask, um, well, actually, Debbie on your team shared this morning, Lifeway Mm -hmm. Research did a study in November of 2021, and leadership Mm -hmm. development was the number one pain point for ministry leaders. We're seeing it in the corporate world as well. The data tells us that 50% of people either already have left or will be leaving their job in the next year. Wow. So not only is that a retention issue, but how are we going to replace those folks? Right. Are we going to be able to internally promote and develop people? Are we going to have to hire from the outside? And so what our software does is help you develop leaders at every level okay. by providing a consistent experience across the organization. And we've got five foundations that whether you want to use our software or duct tape and paperclip and a moleskin journal, you can implement these <laughs> five foundations, but our software uh, definitely makes it easier. I feel like the moleskin journal really lets people know you're a thoughtful person, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, it's better for than sure. a spiral notebook or something. It's, you know yeah. what? 
I uh, I drink cappuccino and smoke clove cigars or something 100%. like that. hundred yeah. percent. That's so true. Okay. So if I'm a church planter out there and I don't have a lot of resources, but I think, boy, what you're talking about would really help. Um, talk to me about you know, some of the, the resources you provide and, and what you can do for somebody trying to develop leaders? Yeah. Well, first of all, go to our website. So we have tons of blogs and eBooks and webinars, hmm. lots of free content to just start this conversation. I found, especially if you're a new leader or maybe you've been a leader for a long time and you realize, you're, you realize you have a development problem on your team and you're thinking, right. how in the world do we solve this? Um, that is there for you. Tons mm -hmm. of resources. If I've learned anything, it's that content is not the problem though. Like we all have, I have so many books on my bookshelf that I have started and haven't finished or haven't even cracked open. Mm -hmm. It's not a content problem. <laughs> it's a context and application problem. Yes. Um, so I would say start there. Mm. If, you know, take it to your team. How are you really developing leaders? Mm. If someone were to, a key member on the team were to step away or, uh, you know, do you have someone that could fill their spot? And if mm -hmm. the answer is no, we probably need to do a better job of of developing leaders. So that's so good, and I think that that's the, that's the depth chart depth chart thing we're all trying to figure out, right? Mm -hmm. Especially as everybody's transitioning. And before we get into the the specifics of leader, do you have a theory as to why everybody's changing jobs right now? Why everybody's resigning? The Great Resignation is going on. I do. I think people are tired of putting up with things that they were putting up before. Mm. I, so I had. Um, I did a talk on Generation Z. I'm kind of obsessed right now uh, with studying Generation Z because okay. I had a moment this summer where I realized I'm not the young one anymore. Oh, yeah. Yes. Are you a millennial? I'm one of those millennials. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. So I'm 33. Um, I'll be 34 this year. And I was leading um, someone who was an intern with us. And um, I guess he was probably 19 or so. Mm. And I just had this moment. We were in a one-on-one -on -one meeting, which mm -hmm. at Leader is like, we believe the one-on-one -on -one meeting is the most powerful leadership development tool. So I'm in this one-on-one -on -one meeting mm -hmm. and just consistently week after week, we were just not, I knew that I was doing a terrible job of developing him because his perspective of the world and of the workplace was just completely different from mine, even mm. though we're only about 13 years apart. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I say all of that in that, this next generation more than ever. And I think we're seeing that with everyone that's leaving now, but especially the next generation, mm -hmm. um, they're, they're not going to put up with poor leadership. They're not going to put up with um, things the way that they've always been done. Um, they're not going to put up with, I have to have my butt in this seat from nine to five because mm -hmm. I can do my job from anywhere. Mm -hmm. And so um, I was doing this talk and this executive pastor came up to me afterwards and he said, this conversation is so frustrating to me because from my, I think he was a baby boomer. From my perspective, it's mm. top down. Like they just need to do what I say and right. fall in line. And he goes, but I know that that's not going to work anymore. So what's the alternative? Do I just lose people and then have trouble backfilling them with high capacity people? I was like, <laughs> yes, that's the alternative. Hire more baby boomers, right? Right. Hire more, <laughs> And then let's look at how that goes for you 10 years exactly. from now. You know, so it's hard. It's um, it's not easy, but I think that people are just um, really looking for a way of work that they can integrate their work with their purpose and with what they want their personal life to look like too. Well, let me interrupt for just a second. Our 200th episode is quickly approaching and we have some giveaways. 
We've had so many guests on the podcast over the years, and many of them have written some great books. To celebrate, we're giving some of their books away. Here's how you enter. Over the next few weeks, you'll see my post on social media. Make sure you're following at Rusty L. George and like and share them. Then in the comments, let me know who's been one of your favorite guests on the podcast. We'll be doing this a few times and all the instructions will be on social media. I've had so much fun getting to 200. Can't wait to see what the next 200 bring. Make sure that you participate and you'll be entered to get some of these great books. Okay, back to our episode. I think about how the workplace has just changed in the last, well, specifically the last two years, but even bigger than that. A buddy of mine um, was telling me that, you know, as a communicator, because I'm, I'm obsessed with how do we communicate better and, you yeah. know, teach and all those kind of things. He said, we have to stop talking about examples of you working for your boss, because yes. most people are their own boss now. You know, they've started their own side hustle online, or they've got their own, you know, program they've, they've built or whatever. And now everybody thinks of themselves as an owner or as a uh, an entrepreneur of some sort, which changes our vernacular, which it's is no so longer true. top down. Yeah, which if we understand that, what an amazing tool mm-hmm. for our employees, speaking back to sphere of influence, the people who are in our influence that have signed up and said, hey, I want to spend 40 plus hours of my week here, which is more time than we spend with our families which is a huge honor for us as leaders, Mm. if they are coming with ownership mentality, what a great opportunity for us to help them grow Mm -hmm. in responsibility and and leadership. Um, Rusty, what you said sparked something for me, which is one of the things I'm learning about Generation Z is the way that they look at leadership is completely different from Gen X and baby boomers. Tell us how. So baby boomers and even the silent generation, let's start with the silent generation and baby boomers. Um, the, they grew up in a time of war. And so right. the military and leadership structure was very prominent. And so it was That's top true. down. I'm directing you. Mm-hmm. Um, I am, you know, kind of that boss mentality. And then Generation X and Millennials was still that, but kind of became a little bit more collaborative mm-hmm. as we have technology and we can be more connected with email for the first time. Um, and then, of course, with millennials, text messaging, all of those things became a little bit more collaborative. Mm-hmm. The next generation, though, it's not an org chart like what we're used to seeing, where it's like <laughs> boss and leader at the top and then the arrows pointing down. They are looking at it as um, you're a team. We're on the same playing field. And what I realized was this is the first generation that isn't looking to um, – their leader as an authoritative, like that uh, has the knowledge that they need. Cause they can go to YouTube and type in anything they're looking to find. Whereas mm. previously you would go to your boss like, Hey, I'm struggling with this. I, with like, what have you done before? What did you learn? Well, this mm. generation's like, I can figure out how to do anything online. Right. I'm looking to you to make me a better person, to lead, develop, coach, mentor me, um, hmm. it's, it's definitely more of them as a full person and developing their strengths and skills rather than teaching me new things. Hmm. Um, that's at least been something I've been learning and it's, it's hard. Yeah. I mean, do you think the days of the org chart are done? And do you think the days of people trying to climb the ladder are done because they don't necessarily view you as a seat they're trying to get? Yes. So I do think that it's less about hierarchy and titles, Hmm. but responsibility is still huge. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I think um, sometimes we miss it because we think, oh, they're asking for a promotion. Well, we don't have a spot for them on the org chart. 
So we just kind of ignore the conversation and then they leave. Guilty. Really what they're asking mm -hmm. for is a promotion and responsibility. Mm -hmm. And that's leadership. Like we should be delegating responsibility. Um, and maybe that starts with, you know, projects here and there as they're mm -hmm. growing and developing. But that's what I would encourage us to shift our perspective on. Oh, that's so good. And I, I'm so guilty of that because the, what I hear from the Gen Zers is I want a seat at the table. Mm -hmm. I hear that as I want a higher position, but what they're saying is I just want to be part of the team and have a, you don't have to do, I don't have to have my way, but I, I got to have my say. Yes. One of our phrases is to try to make every manager a coach and give every employee a voice. And that's what mm -hmm. they're asking for. Right. They're just asking for a voice to be part of the conversation. That's so good. Okay. I want to dive into what leader does. You talked about these five platforms that you guys offer. And so if I type in leader, which is leader without the second E, mm -hmm. um, you're, you're basically, you're, you're getting a set of systems yeah. that I can put in place at my, at my organization. So historically that might've been uh, 15, five or various things like that, that kind of create some, you know, mechanics of conversation and that kind of thing. So yeah. walk me through these five and I'll, I'll kind of set you up with these. The first one is one-on-one -on -one meetings with their manager. Mm -hmm. How do you kind of make that happen? Yes. So this is the heartbeat of our tool. Okay. Um, so what happens is a lot of us think, I mean, I've been guilty of this. Well, I've got an open door policy. Like I'm super uh, approachable. Yep. I have time for my team. Mm -hmm. But what what happens is if I show you my calendar right now, uh, it's booked. And mm -hmm. so for me to expect my team to disrupt my day because mm -hmm. I have a quote, open door policy, that's asking a lot. They're afraid to bother us. They, yeah. they know that we're busy. Or we get really busy and we cancel those one-on-one -on -one meetings because we go, oh, you know what? I just caught up with Rusty last week. He's doing yeah. great. He's super bought in. He's performing really well. And then we cancel it the next week and the next week. And then before we know it, what we've communicated to our team members mm. is that our projects and our tasks and executing the job is more important than our people. Mm. And that's where we get mission drift. That's where we get toxicity lower down in the org chart. And so having that intentional one-on-one -on -one meeting with each of our direct reports, mm -hmm. we ask on a bi-weekly basis. I'm a huge advocate for a weekly basis, and I always see people's eyes just go, what? Yeah. But I believe that an organization moves as fast as those one-on-one -on -one meetings right? Um, because it's all about trust. And that one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one meeting, it's a sacred space for you and your direct report to build trust and talk about three things. One, your care for them as mm -hmm. a person. Ask them about... How was that PTO they took last week? Did they actually get to disconnect? Did they come back rejuvenated? Mm -hmm. um, then talk about their development. You know, where, okay, you want a seat at the table. Talk to me about what that means. Mm -hmm. What would keep you on our team for three plus years? And then third would be performance. Okay. So in that one-on-one -on -one meeting, we're talking about care, development, and performance. I would argue on a weekly basis. Right. It seems like when you do that on a weekly basis, you've earned the right to say things and it's less intimidating for the person. Yes. But boy, I forget about these. Because I assume, because we're hanging out and we're talking sports, that everything's fine. I had a guy pull me aside yesterday and say, hey, am I doing okay? Mm, <laughs> yes. That's on me because yeah. I haven't told him enough and he's doing great. But And that, that whole mentality of I'll let you know if you're doing something wrong, uh, that's that's got to go away. Okay, yep. second one, understands and recognizes their unique strengths. Mm -hmm. Talk about that a little bit. So this kind of goes back to what we talked about with Gen Z. I did a survey to the Gen Zers on our team at Leader um, after my experience this summer. <laughs> yes. Um, and one of the things that I heard most often from them that was the loudest was, I want to be operating in my skill sets, in my mm. strengths. And I think it goes back to the fact that 
they can do anything. They can take a course online and get certified in anything. So if they're going to be investing in a full-time job somewhere, it's mm-hmm. going to be something that they enjoy and also can develop in. And right. so we use tools inside of Leader. We have a care card. It's my favorite part of the tool. So like if we were meeting Rusty, I would see your face on the right side of the screen mm-hmm. and I would get to see your favorite food, your favorite snacks, your favorite mm-hmm. song. Um, and then I would also get to read your bio, anything you want to share about what it's like to work with you or what I need to <laughs> know about you as my teammate. Okay. And then your personality assessment. So I can mm-hmm. see, you know, what are you on the Enneagram or strengths finders or disc? And okay. we've got content that's preloaded in there. So if I don't know, I am an Enneagram nerd, but if I'm not one, I can click on it and go, oh, okay, Rusty is a, do you know what are you on the Enneagram? A six. Okay. My husband's a six. Okay. So Rusty's a six. So I'm going to click on that and read about, okay, Rusty at his best is this. Rusty at his worst is this. Mm-hmm. So as, and then we have how to lead Rusty um, as an Enneagram six, a few bullet points to help oh, guide that that's conversation. That's really helpful. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Uh, okay. Third one receives frequent feedback. So you nailed it. You just gave a great example of this, of your Mm -hmm. colleague that said, you know, hey, am I doing okay? Because this is huge, especially for the next generation. Mm -hmm. Um, We millennials have grown up in an on-demand world, and we've been able to get feedback online. We post a picture and we can get likes immediately. Hmm. And so frequent feedback is critical, especially for the next generation, rather than saving things for an annual performance review, which at that point, it's irrelevant. Um, I heard a story the other day where uh, a a woman had gotten feedback on her performance review that happened six months ago. Mm. Imagine how more effective she could have been in those last six months if that manager would have given her that feedback the day it happened. Because we all want to win. Yeah, I don't know anybody that wants to do a bad job. And it's our role as the leader to give our teammates that consistent feedback, both positive and negative. Right. How are you winning? And also, how can you improve? We all fear confrontation. Mm-hmm. So we keep stuffing it down. We got to make feedback not awkward. That's like yeah. leader. leader's mission is to develop 1 million leaders. But I think another mission that we have is to make feedback not awkward. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a great slogan to have. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fourth one, uh, clearly documented goals. Yep. I mean, for me, this is where I am great at starting things. Mm-hmm. I'm not awesome at finishing them. Mm-hmm. That's like my bookshelf just shows you that example. Mm-hmm. And so the bookmark four pages in. Oh yeah, yeah. exactly. Yep. And so um, in our tool, every time we meet, so if you and I were meeting, you would be able to see my goals front and center. Okay. And so, and they can be all sorts of goals. They could be personal goals. They could be development goals. They could be performance goals. We can collaborate on those goals they all wrap Mm -hmm. up into that one-on-one meeting that we talked about, which is the first foundation. So every single time we meet, those goals are there so that we don't set and forget them. And I think it's important to point out that the leader of that person doesn't have to be an expert in all those goals. Yes. It's really more about the accountability and the question asking. Is that right? Exactly. I've been having this conversation a lot with um, somebody on my team who is leading someone for the first time. And uh, she's having to lead someone that's in a little bit more of a technical role than she is. And that was okay. one of her concerns. And it said, and I said, you know, no, you don't have to be an expert. That's what she's an expert on right. is more the technical side. Your role is to be her coach and remove obstacles and just be there for her as she runs into right. bottlenecks. Right. So, yeah. yeah, I'm finding the longer I do this, the more I'm realizing leadership's more about asking questions and giving answers. So true. Especially Gen Z, they, they want to come up with their own answers or they never really thought it through three questions 
questions deep. So that yeah. usually goes a long ways. All right, last one. Has a personalized learning and development plan. Flesh that out for us. Yep. And so this one sounds really intense and overwhelming. Um, you have Debbie on your team who's just phenomenal at mm-hmm. building these out. Yes. But not every church or even business does. Right. And so what I want to encourage um, listeners to think about is just start where you are. So if you're currently not doing anything with your employees on their own growth and development, start with a book club. Just yeah. read a book a month together, and then you can grow from there. If you're already doing a lot of uh, growth and development plans, then mm-hmm. that's where it's time to really sit down and intentionally work with that individual and say, hey, what's your long-term goal? Like Whether it's right. you know at this company or this church or whether it's somewhere else, what's your, what's your dream and how can I help you get there? And mm-hmm. then to put some goals and action items in place – Um, whether that's courses they need to take or people they need to shadow on the team or people they need to interview and talk to. Mm -hmm. Just putting it together in a simple plan so that employee knows what does winning look like if I want to be the Holly Tate that's five years from now. And it's just our job as a leader to help facilitate that conversation. That's so good. So this this program gives us a, a set of templates and strategies and resources that anybody can implement yeah. And anybody can put into practice with whatever level leader they're working with, whether they're on staff or not on staff. Is that mm, right? That's right. We've tried to make the tool malleable enough to where if you've already got you know uh, a framework that you really love, you can mm-hmm. implement it inside of Leader, but also structured enough to where if you're not doing anything, you can log in and, and get started immediately. Awesome. Okay. So how can people get this tool? Well, go to leader.com and I'll help you spell it because apparently we don't know how to spell. So L-E-A-D-R.com. And you can reach out to us and we'd be happy to chat. That is awesome. Well, Holly, this has been really educational, but encouraging that you guys have these resources to help us out. So thank you so much. Thank you, Rusty. It's just been awesome to get to be here today and hang out with your team and all that you guys are doing to develop leaders, not only in your church and at every campus, but across the state of California. So I'm excited to get to just cheer you on from the sidelines. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, don't forget about us out here on the left coast when you're back in Houston. (laughs) I won't. I'll come visit soon. Okay, thank you. Well, that was such great insight from Holly. I'm so thankful for her and her team and what they do for our team. You can check out more for them by researching them and going to their website, which is leadr.com. So it's leader without the second e.com and find out more. They'll set you up with scheduling one-on-one meetings, things to talk about, goal reviews, great stuff for all of your team members. It's really, really helpful. Well, next week, we hit our 200th episode. 200 episodes. Boy, I cannot believe we have reached that limit, and uh, I'm so grateful for you guys being a part of that. Next week, we're bringing on my kids. They're going to talk about what it's like to grow up as a pastor's kid. Even if you're not one, I think you'll find it funny. So join us next week for Leading Simple. As always, keep it simple. Talk to you soon. Take a moment and subscribe to the podcast so you get it delivered every week. And subscribe to the Rusty George YouTube channel for more devotionals, messages, and fun videos. Thank you for listening to Leading Simple.